Hello, my good friends. This is Dan Jones, and I am sharing this quiet talk with you in hopes it will bless you and encourage you in your faith as you walk with Christ. Turn on Christian television any day of the week, and you will learn guaranteed ways to prosper in this life, increase your material wealth, and never get sick. Visa and MasterCard accepted. The problem with these health and wealth promoters is that they ignore the plain teaching of the Bible. Let me illustrate. St. Paul wrote about one-third of the New Testament. I think that probably makes him something of an authority on Christianity. Here are a few of his observations. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. 2 Timothy 3.12 On his first missionary journey, Paul preached in the city of Lystra in Asia Minor. Those who opposed the gospel there stoned him and then dragged him out of the city and left him for dead. But God was not through with Paul, so he was raised up when his friends gathered around and prayed for him. After this, he went back through the towns where he had preached, encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying that through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. We could go on talking about Paul's difficult experiences, but we wouldn't be surprised by any of it because we would remember that Jesus said to his disciples just before he was arrested and crucified, in this world, you will have trouble. Without belaboring the point, let me just summarize by saying that nowhere in the Bible are we taught that if we follow Christ, our lives will be fun and easy. Which brings up the question, what's the point of being a Christian anyway? From where I stand, it looks like people with no particular religious commitments have their share of trouble in this world. Why would I want to add to that by following somebody who promised me that if I do, I will be made fun of, rejected, and maybe even physically persecuted? Now, many American Christians hearing this would think I paint too bleak a picture of Christianity. But that's because we've had it pretty easy for a long time here. But we could go through the New Testament and then move on through church history to illustrate my point. Even as I record this talk, more believers around the world are suffering for their faith than at any other time in the history of the Christian church. So what's the point? In a couple of weeks, the Winter Olympics will begin. The best skaters, skiers, and sledders in the world, oh yes, and the best curlers, will compete for gold, silver, and bronze medals. Behind each person, you see there are years of intense training, suffering, if you will. They do all that work in hopes of standing on a platform for a minute while their national anthem is played and they receive a nice medallion. St. Paul talked about the Olympics, which were popular in his day. He said in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 25, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes 
for the prize is self-controlled in all things. Now, they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. What is this imperishable crown that he's talking about? The achievement involved here is not about innate talent or even to a great extent about hard work and effort. The race we seek to win is about faith. In my younger days, I ran some road races, some about three miles, some a little over six, and one time I ran a 15-kilometer race, which is 9.3 miles. These races, especially the longer ones, are all about endurance. My primary goal each time was to finish. I wasn't going to win or even be close, but mainly, I didn't want to stop running before I got to the finish line. For the Christian, it's about keeping the faith. It's about continuing to believe no matter what happens. Again, Paul wrote in Colossians 1, And you, who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him, if, indeed, you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. This passage looks ahead to the cosmic awards ceremony when the faithful will be presented to God, holy and blameless and above reproach. Then comes the big if. This will happen if you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast. I can promise you that if you set out with a true heart to follow Jesus, things are going to take place in your life that will make that choice look foolish. Circumstances will come about that will mock your commitment to follow Jesus. It will look like he has forsaken you at times. Other people will think you are a fool for continuing. But continue we must. No matter what happens, we must persevere in the faith. From personal experience, I can tell you it's not easy. Now, I've never been physically persecuted, although a, a big guy in a church I was pastoring once threatened to beat me up. But I have been rejected by those I was trying to minister to, kicked out of the church, and otherwise had some rough times as a Christian. I confess I've wanted to quit more than once. But here I am, still giving it my best shot. God's grace never fails. He has always been with me and never let me down, although people have. So what is this crown that I seek and that I hope you are seeking? The golden crown the Bible talks about is, I believe, a metaphor. Personally, I don't like hats much, and I don't think I would like a heavy one made of gold. The crown I seek is worth much more than gold. Jesus hinted at it in a famous parable called the parable of the talents, a talent was a large unit of weight and could be used to measure silver or gold. A wealthy man went on a trip and left various amounts of money 
in the hands of his servants. They were expected to make wise investments while their boss was out of town. Two did well, but one did not. He actually did nothing. I see a direct connection here with what we said earlier about faith. These servants were supposed to invest their master's money and seek a return. The fact is, investing always involves a certain amount of risk. It takes faith. I have never seen God in person. I have known people who followed the teachings of the Bible, and their witness has inspired me to believe as well, but they haven't seen God either. Neither I nor they were eyewitnesses of Jesus Christ and his work, his death, or his resurrection. But I have faith that it's all real. I purpose to maintain that faith until I die. And if I do, I believe with all my heart that there will be a reward for the investment of my life in the gospel. The reward is not monetary. It is not gold or silver or houses or land. Here it is, the thing I'm living my life for. It's what the master said to the faithful servants in that parable. Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. The reward I long for, what I'm hoping every day for, is that when my life is over in this world, I will be able to look into the blessed face of Jesus, my Savior, and hear him say, Well done, good and faithful servant. That's all that matters to me. It's why I keep believing. It's why I haven't quit. There's an old gospel song we used to sing that goes like this. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Life's trials will seem so small when we see Christ. One glimpse of his dear face, all sorrow will erase. So bravely run the race till we see Christ. Father, help those who listen to me be faithful. Help them to keep believing no matter what until we can hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant, on the day when we look into your blessed face, Lord Jesus. Amen. My dear friend, pray for us as we're seeking to be faithful at the Bread of Life Anglican Church. In Schenectady, we meet at 1809 Union Street, 10 o'clock on Sunday, the American Legion Hall. We ask you to pray for us. If you're in the area, you don't have a church home, please come visit us. As always, you can reach me by email at father.danjones at outlook.com. God bless you.